When it comes to the mind and you have a team that's working for you, you have to recognize that what you communicate to your team is going to be very important, particularly if you're the leader. So you want to always be casting a clear and positive and authentic vision for where you want to take the company. Welcome to The Profitable Table, fed by Woolco Foods, the nation's first podcast devoted to the business and lifestyle of the hospitality industry. Now, here's your host, Woolco Foods CEO, Stephen Toberoff. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Profitable Table, fed by Woolco Foods. I am your host, Stephen Toberoff. And today I want to go through a subject that I was having a really interesting conversation with another business person about. They had actually listened to an earlier interview that I had done, one of the first interviews with Dane Chang, who's a professional bodybuilder and a terrific guy. And one of the subjects that we got into in that podcast interview was the mind and mindset for business and athletics and all of that. And it's obviously a very popular subject and one that there's been a lot written on. And he had some interesting thoughts, and I really did some thinking about it and wanted to do a podcast episode on the subject of using the mind, but in a very disciplined and sort of focused way as it pertains to business. I've been CEO of Woolco Foods since 1999, and I've had the opportunity to work with a lot of people. Thank God, see this business grow and go through some different challenges, take advantage of certain opportunities and work to achieve certain goals. And it's a daily process of learning, but I think there are some things that I've learned and certainly some things I've learned from listening to other people that I felt would be helpful to share because at the end of the day, the single most important factor in determining how effective we're going to be on a daily basis is our mindset, is our perspective, is our ability to assess situations make decisions, and deal with the outcomes of those decisions. And so that's really what this podcast is going to be about. I might intersperse the word me and you, you know, when I'm talking about a subject, but these are all lessons that I've learned and I'm continuing to learn. I think there are a few people in this world that are very high level when it comes to the mind. I'm not one of them. I'm thinking of people like David Goggins, or you can think about maybe people like Bruce Lee, you know, people that are very elite in understanding it and talking about it. And these are certainly people that I've listened to and learned from. But my purpose in doing this podcast is to really keep it on a very sort of basic, simple, but impactful subject, which is how we can utilize our mindset and really discipline our mind to be as impactful as possible from a business standpoint and from a leadership standpoint within our business. That's what I'm going to talk about today. So these are all subjects that I've thought about, you know, lessons I've learned, lessons I'm working on, but these are all sort of related to me. So if I say me or you, I'm really just speaking about myself because I think that's really the best way to share information. I can recommend books. I can recommend other podcasts and interviews, but if I'm going to speak about something, I really think it's only a value based upon my experiences. And if I'm really qualified to share my opinion, and I think doing this for as long as I've done it gives me some qualification to do that. I hope it's of value, so let me just jump right into it, which is when it comes to the mind and when it comes to business, the first thing you have to understand is you're in control of how your mind is going to work for you in any given moment, on any given day. 
This took me a long time to learn. I always believed if you wake up in a bad mood or if you're thinking certain things or if you're feeling a certain way, then that's just how it is. And in fact, nothing can be further from the truth. The mind is constantly seeking to be directed. And if you don't direct it, it's going to take you wherever it wants to go. There's a terrific book I read many years ago called Thoughts Without a Thinker. The author's name is Mark Epstein, and it was about a Buddhist perspective to psychoanalysis, but it was much deeper than that. But one of the lessons I learned from that book is that the mind is always throwing up thoughts. The mind is always throwing up different ideas and different emotions, and we assign truth to them. But in reality, it's not the truth. The mind is best served if we're directing it. And so in business, especially when you're dealing with other people, when you're dealing with challenges, when you're dealing with circumstances, it's very important that we use every ounce of strength and ability and insight that our mind can give us. We do not want to put ourselves at a competitive disadvantage by not having our mind on our side. So all these notions of waking up on the wrong side of the bed, or I was just really emotional at that moment in time, or just having a bad day, business will allow you to operate in that mindset, but you're going to have a competitive disadvantage to people who discipline themselves. So the first thing we have to understand is we are in control of directing our mind. It's a daily challenge. It's a minute-by-minute minute challenge. It's an hour-by-hour hour challenge. But that is the challenge because if we direct our mind, we can have it serve as a tremendous asset to us and an ally. If we don't take responsibility for doing that, it can be a tremendous adversary and create lots of problems. So when we talk about that we're in control of it, what does that mean? Well, the first thing is we have to choose what we focus on. So in business, whether it's you're just starting out and you're a one-person shop or you've got a lot of people that work for you, wherever you're at in your business journey, there's always going to be lots of stimuli coming at you. Sometimes you're going to like it. Sometimes you're not going to like it. Sometimes it's going to be encouraging. Sometimes it's going to be discouraging. At the end of the day, it is imperative that you choose what you focus on. Napoleon Bonaparte famously could make his mind a chest of drawers, meaning that he could focus on something. When he was done with that, close that drawer, open another one, so that whatever he was doing was getting his complete focus. So one of the disciplines we want to really work on, and when I say we, again, I'm talking about myself. This is something I'm practicing all the time, trying to get better at, is whatever you're doing at that moment in time, focus on that. And don't let other distractions or opinions or emotions or unfactual beliefs color your thinking. Whatever you're focusing on at that moment, be present, give it your full attention, think about it, process it, and you'll have a much better probability of having a favorable outcome than if you're really going into it highly emotional, not focusing, thinking about two other things you have to do, not giving it your full attention. You have to choose what to focus on. You have to choose what you focus on and then truly focus on it. Within that context, but probably much more important, you must choose how you communicate to people. So often in life, and this happens to me, it happens to everybody, we will say things out of anger, out of fear, out of excitement or whatever, and then we'll regret it. We've all had that experience. And 
In our personal lives, it's unfortunate when we say something that we don't like to somebody that we care about and we apologize, we move forward. But in business, you need to reduce those occurrences as much as possible because in business, the stakes are much different. You're not dealing with people who love you all the time. You're not dealing with people who are interested in what's best for you. And so you need to be very focused and deliberate when you communicate. What does that mean? Be mindful before you speak. Really understand before you speak, what is it that you want to communicate? Who is it that you're speaking with? What is the purpose of your communication? That's a lot to process, but again, over time, the more you think about it, the more you focus on it, the better you will get at it. Because ultimately, depending upon who you're communicating with, you have a different objective. If you're having somebody on your team that works for you, you don't want to disempower them. You don't want to upset them. You don't want to do anything that's going to make them get out of their game. So when you communicate to them, it's got to be in a manner that's going to build people up, excite them, get them focused, get them with the program. If you're talking about a business deal or you're dealing with somebody in the realm of business that maybe owes you money or that maybe you owe money or maybe vendors that have a choice to sell you a product versus someone else, whatever it is, you have to be aware of the situation and be very mindful and focused about how you communicate. Don't just run off at the mouth. How do you do this? You just take a second or two and say, okay, I'm talking to this person. This is my objective. Let's communicate again. Let's be present and let's be focused. Don't just fly off your emotions. One of the biggest mistakes that people make, particularly if they're in a position of authority, is they feel incorrectly that because they're the quote-unquote boss or they're the owner or they're the manager or whatever it is, that they have to come off a certain way, that they have to really demonstrate their authority, that they have to really show everybody that they're in charge. That never works. That just communicates weakness. What demonstrates authority and control and what engenders respect in people are people who are in control and deliberate of what they're doing and not motivated by their emotions and not motivated by trying to convey something to you to overcome a feeling of insecurity or uncertainty or inadequacy. You cannot afford that if you're a business owner. Cannot make that mistake a lot. So something to practice on, be very mindful and focused when you're communicating and be attentive to who you're focusing on. Now, when it comes to how you choose what to focus on in any given moment, this was something I actually learned from listening to Tony Robbins, and I've heard other people speak about this, because if I learn something, I want to share who taught it to me. I don't want to pretend like I'm coming up with all this stuff. This was something that I remember reading in something Tony Robbins wrote, and I've seen other people talk about it, which is the best way to focus your mind in any given moment is by asking it a quality question. This has worked for me 100% of the time. Whenever I'm presented with a challenge or a circumstance or something, the questions determine how you're going to react and what you focus on. So very basically, if you walk around all day and you say to yourself, why do I suck? Why does this always happen to me? Why is my business failing? Why am I such a disappointment? All this negative stuff, your mind will answer those questions for you. You ask the question, the mind is going to start working on giving you an answer. If you ask a different type of question, which is, what's great about this situation? How can I turn this around? What am I not seeing? What is the best way to attack this problem? Where are areas that I could find information? Those types of questions, your mind will also give you an answer to. So the mind is going to react to the question. It's up to us to ask the right questions. And that lesson has been one of the most powerful lessons that I've ever learned in life and in business, and it has helped me immeasurably. So within this context of focusing, 
whether it's in terms of what we focus on or focusing when we communicate to somebody, it starts by asking ourselves a deliberate and powerful question or set of questions. It's a very simple trick, but it works 100% of the time. And then to tie this whole subject together within the context of business, you want to measure your outcomes. I'm a big believer in the phrase, if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. So whatever objectives you're trying to achieve, whether it's in sales or purchasing, whether it's in training your staff, whether it's in expanding your business, whatever it is, have your goals written down and measure yourself on a weekly or bi-weekly or daily basis so you can track what's working and what's not working. A lot of people avoid doing this because sometimes it's not fun to see that you're not making the progress you want to make. Sometimes it's a lot more fun to just trick ourselves into thinking that we're doing great when if we actually analyzed it, we would see that we're not improving as quickly as we want. But whenever you take the time to create an organizational framework that enables you to measure what you're doing, again, like what I just said before this about questions, this strategy has always worked for me. Because once you start measuring something, you're going to know quickly as to what's working and what is not working. And if you can just forgive yourself from the beginning and saying, hey, I'm not perfect. Not everything's going to be perfect. I'm going to make mistakes. Not every week's going to be great. And that's okay. I'm only focused on the results that I want to achieve. That's it. I'm not focused on my ego, not focused on anything else. Once you have that mindset, if you will, from the beginning, then you start measuring things and you'll see how much better you get by doing this. So that's the first point of the mind. Basically, understand that you're in control if you choose to take control. How do you do that? Through focusing, focusing on what you choose to give your attention to, focusing on how you communicate with people. The best way to create that dynamic in the most impactful and positive way is through asking great questions and then measure what you're trying to do and you will see progress. The second thing that really helps when it comes to the mind is being disciplined about what you consume. I'm an only child, and one of the things that I used to love to do as a kid, I'm 50, so in the 80s and late 70s, would watch a lot of television. I was a kid, I would be home, you would watch TV, and whatever's on, I'm watching, and I'm consuming that. There was no internet. I did enjoy reading. I would read books. That was what was available. But we're at a moment in time right now where you can choose to consume whatever content you want. You get to choose now. You get to choose what type of videos you want, what type of blogs you want, what type of websites you go to. And sometimes people lose sight of that. Even me at 50, sometimes I've lost sight of this, but I really don't lose sight of it much anymore. I never sit in front of the TV now and just zone out. I'll never just waste time scrolling through a newspaper. I'm really very much aware of how much information is out there. So for example, during the most challenging days of the pandemic, I was going to entrepreneur.com every day and reading great articles. One article by Sarah Blakely was so inspirational and so helpful that I just reread it the other day to just put me back into that place. There are so many great podcasts out there, so many great YouTube channels. So the first thing you want to do is your mind is going to be nourished by what you put in it from a content standpoint. Make positive choices. If you've made the decision in life that you want to start your own business, or you want to grow your business, that's a 24-7 competition. And knowledge and information is a big and powerful currency to achieve those objectives. 
So don't lose sight of the fact that there is so much opportunity out there to choose great content. So a lot of the stuff that I will do, I love reading books. I'll read books about business. I'll read books about military history because I like to read about strategy. I'll read biographies. I look at entrepreneur.com. It's a great go-to spot for me to get ideas. I read trade journals in the food and hospitality space for inspiration and also insights. I love the Instagram pages of David Goggins and Cameron Haynes. You will find whatever you're looking for, but the first step in that is I'm not telling you what to do. Do whatever you want to do. But if you want to get the most out of your mind and your day and be the most impactful leader you can be, make the decision to consume content in whatever format works best for you that's going to inspire you and educate you. Inspiration is important because our emotions are very, very valuable. Again, back to Napoleon. One of the reasons he was such an amazing general was he inspired such morale in his troops. So you got to be inspired. It gives you that energy. It gives you that optimism. But then you have to be educated. The information we have already, that's working for us. We know it. But I'm always blown away when I learn something new that I didn't know and I incorporate it into my business and it has such an amazing impact. It makes me hungry to go out and learn more and more. And we're in such a great time to do that. So one, be very disciplined and very deliberate about what you're consuming. Two, what I really try to do, unless I'm watching football, like I do love to watch football games and be entertained by that, or sometimes I'll chill out with my wife or my kids and watch a movie, but I really almost always like to consume content where I'm learning something. So for me, if I'm reading a book on military history, it's intellectually stimulating, it's relaxing, but I'm also learning strategy. Or I'll just read books directly about business. If I'm watching YouTube videos and I don't want to watch something that's just about business, I'll watch a video that shows me people coming up with answers to complex challenges so that I can see how people are thinking differently. But I'm always trying to consume content that's going to make me a more effective business person and a more effective leader. So what this will do is ultimately, this is going to give you the ability to create value for the people that are working with you and for the people that you're doing business with. Because the more quality content that you consume, the more that you can share with people. So for example, after I read David Goggins' book, Can't Hurt Me, or after I got a great audio book on the speeches of Martin Luther King, which I listened to, called The Radical King, was put together by Cornell West. And I could go on and on about different content that I've gotten that enables me to share meaningful, positive, and impactful information with the people that I'm working with and the people that are around me. Now what happens is your team starts looking to you as somebody that they can really trust and value when they ask your opinion. Because you're not just going to them saying, hey, did you binge watch this sitcom or did you hear this gossip about who this person's dating with that? That's not a good look if you're a business owner and it's not really helpful. But if you're constantly somebody that is offering insightful solutions or making quality recommendations or if somebody comes to you with questions on anything related to business or strategy or thinking and you have quality answers or at least can direct people in the right direction, now you're going to have their respect. And it's going to make people want to come to you more. And also seek out people that you can learn from. I love to learn. So one of my favorite things to do is find somebody who is an expert or more knowledgeable than I am on any subject. Get them to talking and just ask questions and listen. I think a lot of times, one of the things that I used to be guilty of when I was young is I wanted to show everybody how smart I was and how knowledgeable I was. And so I would do talking. And I had an uncle who said to me, you don't learn from talking. You learn from listening. That's something that I've always remembered. So again, seek out people 
that are expert in what you want to learn or more knowledgeable. But for the purposes of business, again, bringing it back to business, if you make the decision to consume quality content and build up a real treasure trove of information and motivational tools and ways of looking at things, then when your team come to you, then when your colleagues or coworkers or competitors or vendors work with you, they're going to see that you're somebody that knows what they're doing somebody that has information, that's somebody who's thinking, they're going to view you as a valuable person in that regard, and it will enhance your ability to interact with them in every conceivable way. The third thing is we have to establish priorities in life. I don't know how people get bored. I really don't, because there's so much in life that is fascinating to me. So many hobbies I have, so many interests, so much I want to learn, and I'm sure people who are in business and entrepreneurs can relate to what I'm saying there. But at the end of the day, once we've taken on the challenge of growing our business, or we've taken on the challenge of achieving a goal, then we have to set priorities. Because something I learned and was really underscored to me over this past year is how competitive business is. And I've known that all along and people talk about it, but for real, business is very competitive. And you have to accept that. Doesn't mean that competition is good. One of the best books I ever read on business is Zero to One by Peter Thiel. And also another great book is Blue Ocean Strategy. So I'm not talking about competition in terms of seeking it out and wanting to be in a competitive situation in business. I'm just saying that the nature of business, the nature of life has a competitive edge to it, has a competitive element to it. And the more you can enhance your ability to compete, the better you're going to be. And one of the ways you do that is prioritizing what you do. So what I found for me that's very important is I do make certain things priorities because they're going to absolutely enhance what I need to do in business. One of those is physical fitness. Making time to exercise four, five, six days a week, I think is extremely important because ultimately what you need to be effective in business, just like in sports, just like in academia, just like in anything, is energy, stamina. Those are things that are essential. Well, if you're not giving yourself an opportunity to get physically fit and exercise and circulate your blood and get stronger, you're not maximizing the amount of energy you have in business. And I get it. There have been times in my life when my children were born, when we moved from New York City to Jersey City. There are moments in time when you are so pressed for time that it's very hard to make the time for exercise. And I'm somebody who likes sleep, and we'll get into that in a minute. But if you're really honest with yourself, and I had to be honest with myself at times, I think we can all find a half hour, an hour a day to get the body moving and working. And in business, I believe that the people that are physically fit, that have tapped into that, have a competitive edge over people who have not. Not in every case, not in all cases, but in most cases. And so... It's something I highly suggest prioritizing. It's something that I prioritize and I want to have energy. I want to be able to really have the stamina and the ability to focus on something and the ability to engage in something for a long time and not just have to take myself out of the game because I'm just too tired or I got to take a break because I can't handle it. Physical fitness helps you with that. The second thing that you have to prioritize, we talked about the content we consume in our mind. Nutrition is a huge thing. I don't have a perfect diet. If I want to have some cookies or want to have a little treat, I will do it, of course. But you want to make the majority of what you eat nourishing, vitamins, minerals, quality food, quality hydration. Again, this is for no other reason 
than to recognize that you are in a competition in business. I know for a fact there are people that are looking to take our spot. I'm sure whatever business you're in, there are people looking to take your spot. That's just the nature of the world we're in, and it never ends. So again, with proper nutrition, you're going to reinforce what you're doing with exercise. How does this relate to business? Energy. Energy, focus, and stamina. They're important in athletics. They're extremely important in business. Again, going back to this past year, the ability to withstand the stress and the uncertainty and the long hours and the challenging decisions and the ups and the downs, if you don't have physical and mental stamina to deal with that, you're at a big disadvantage. And it was not easy. But by the grace of God, because I had put in those years and years of preparation, I did have it. And again, by the grace of God, was able to make a lot of positive things happen that might have been foreclosed to me. So I'm just encouraging people to, again, I'm just speaking for myself. You got guys like David Goggins, that's on one end of the spectrum. You got other people on the other end of the spectrum. But just again, we're not judged by our best day. We're not judged by our worst day. We're judged pretty much by our average day. And when I say judge, what I mean is our product, our work product is going to be a byproduct of our average day. So take that approach to your nutrition. Make your average nutrition as quality as can be. And we all know what quality nutrition is and we know what it isn't that'll support the exercise you're doing. And again, strength, stamina, endurance, focus. And then the final thing is avoiding things that are going to really do damage to your mind and do damage to your overall ability to compete. So for me, I know that I need my sleep. I'm somebody that needs eight hours of sleep a night. So if I'm involved in a work project or a challenge that's important to me, and it's a priority, I'm not going to be out late at night. I'm not going to skip on sleep. I'm not going to go to some party and small talk that doesn't mean anything to me if it's going to debilitate me to whatever degree in a manner that makes me less efficacious in getting after my goal the next day. So we have to look at those things sometimes and say, hey, look, as much as I want to do this, it's great that this guy's got tickets to the Yankee game, but the next morning I have this great meeting set up that could really be transformative for my business. I've got to get my sleep. Avoid the things that are going to get in the way of achieving your goals if you're committed to your goals. One of the guys that's really inspiring out there is Tom Brady, and another guy who's really inspiring is Phil Mickelson, what he just achieved at the PGA, at the Ocean Course, where I've had the pleasure to be. It's magnificent in Kiowa Island. You look at what these guys are doing from a nutrition standpoint, from a mental health standpoint with meditation and all of the different things that Mickelson was talking about. And now look what they're accomplishing. At 51 for Mickelson, Brady's, what, 43 winning Super Bowls, playing amazing football? Does not happen by chance. I think Brady goes to bed at 8.30 at night. I could be wrong. Mark Wahlberg's another example. So these are guys that I look at that are high level, and I say, okay, so they're making the decisions, and I guarantee you they have a lot more interesting things that could distract their attention and keep them up than I might different trips and parties and seminars and whatever it is. But no, Brady's focused on that next Super Bowl. Mickelson was focused on the tournament. And guess what? We're focused on what we're trying to do. So that's why it's good to look at these people because it's not always about comparing yourself to a Tom Brady or a Phil Mickelson or a Mark Wahlberg or whomever, but it's identifying certain character traits or attributes or behaviors that they embody that we can all embody. One of them is discipline. You don't have to be a great quarterback to be disciplined. You don't have to be a great quarterback to be dedicated. You don't have to be a great quarterback to put in effort. And those same skills apply to business. So again, something that I've thought about a lot, 
avoiding those things that are going to get in the way of me putting in my peak performance when I need to do it. And it's just a matter of priorities. When it comes to the mind and you have a team that's working for you, you have to recognize that what you communicate to your team is going to be very important, particularly if you're the leader. So you want to always be casting a clear and positive and authentic vision for where you want to take the company, where you're taking people on this ride. That's the responsibility of a leader, whether it's in the family, whether it's in the business. People are looking at you and they want to know where you're taking them. So the most recent example is when we were in the midst of the pandemic and things were very bleak and a lot of negativity out there, I just kept telling my sales team, listen, forget all of that. Keep reaching out to people on the phone, through Zoom, through emails, make connections, be a voice of certainty and solutions, listen to people, engage. Not everything has to be transactional. Because I said, at some point, this is going to end. And if you put in the work now when it's difficult, you will reap those rewards. But if you're not willing to plant the seeds now, you're not going to get this unbelievable harvest when it happens. And it's going to happen. And by the grace of God, it is happening now. And these guys see it. And they did put in the work. And we are reaping it. But that was a vision that had to be cast. Because obviously, these are people that have families to support. They're facing the same challenges everyone else is. They're concerned. And if you're not casting a vision for people that's believable and authentic and that you buy into, where are you leading them? What are you doing? But if you do do that, and then you get people to buy in, you're going to have your business move forward in a much more impactful and positive way. But you have to be aware that it's up to you to cast that vision. Then you have to tell people, once you've cast the vision, everybody needs to know, okay, this vision sounds great. What's my role in it? What do I have to do? Back to my example, this thing's going to end. When it ends, the hospitality is going to be booming. Between now and then, what you need to do, call people, email people, DM people, Zoom people, speak to people. Those were the activities. And you could take the same thing for anyone else. Once people buy into your vision, and that's phenomenal, then they need to know specifically, specifically, what do I need to do to make this vision a reality? So then you need to communicate to your team. And there's different things that need to be done for different people in different organizations and different teams. But people are looking for that specific thing. And then have the weekly or the daily or the bi-daily or whatever it is, follow up. How's that going? What are you doing? What's working on? Because at the end of the day, people do want to take action. Action is a huge thing to get everybody's mind focused in the right direction. If you give everybody a great vision and they don't know what to do, you're going to lose that momentum. But if people know exactly what they have to do and they know that you're engaged in what they have to do, then you're going to start seeing those two things combine. So it's getting the mind focused on, okay, this is where we're headed, but these are the things you specifically need to do to make it happen. And then the final thing is, and this is an ongoing thing through all types of circumstances, when you're working with your team, be very mindful about how you speak about the present and the future. The present and the future. Again, this is about being mindful and this is about being disciplined. People are looking to you as the leader of the company. Okay, what are we doing? They want to know that you have a plan that's working on a daily basis, that there are systems that are in place on a daily basis that they have to do, and talking about the future. So that's kind of like casting the vision before, but this is something that goes on all the time. Okay, so this is where we're at in the journey now. So what I'm saying to people on our team right now, and again, I'll focus on the sales team, I'm saying, look, 
Right now, we have another phenomenal opportunity. There's all kinds of chaos in the market. There are supply chain issues. There are logistical issues that some of our competitors are facing. There's all kinds of problems. And what is sales? Sales is about solving problems. So yes, thank God, business is really picking up as we come out of this, and that's great. But there's a lot of problems that restaurants and hotels and caterers and bars and bakeries are having. That presents an opportunity for you as a salesperson because you can bring solutions to those problems. So now people understand, okay, we've gone to the next phase. The phase is, yes, things are picking up, things are opening up, business is moving forward day by day, but yet I still have opportunities to get people's attention. Why? Because supply chain, logistics, whatever those macro issues are, always be talking about the future and give people a real clear vision of the present so that they understand, hey, this is what I can do, this is where we're going, and that's it. And then the final thing I would just talk about is at the end of the day, it was Aristotle who said this, and I'm paraphrasing it, but it's a quote worth looking up. I apologize that I didn't write it down. I will put it in the show notes when this is published. But Aristotle talks about that ultimately what makes us who we are are our habits, not our thoughts, not our dreams, not our aspirations, not what we think we should be, but our habits. Our habits are ultimately what determine what we do. That goes for individuals and that goes for businesses. So you want to have some habits in your life and certainly in your business life that's going to make things move in the direction you want. One of the habits that I've developed, and again, I'm keeping this purely on business. This is not a personal thing. Keep learning. We mentioned this earlier. Learning is the differentiation point for a lot of leaders. There's so much out there to learn. And if you view yourself as somebody who constantly needs to be learning, you're not only going to get better for yourself, but you can share valuable information with your team so that they keep learning. People want to be a part of something. People want to use every aspect of their potential. And one of those potentials is their intellectual abilities. So if you can constantly keep learning yourself, then you will have interesting and actionable information to share with people, but make it a habit. What do I do? I don't know. Every day I look to certain websites or certain blogs to try to learn something. If I can learn one thing of quality a week or every other couple of days and I can bring it to bear, that's awesome over the course of a year. So have the desire to keep learning and make it a habit. Make that a focal point in your mind that you're going to keep learning. The second thing, which I really have been thinking about a lot lately, which I enjoy, Gary Vaynerchuk has this concept that he's articulated called the clouds and the dirt. I heard him talk about this maybe a year and a half ago. The clouds being your goals, your big goals, your dreams, where you want to go. And the dirt is, okay, now let's bring it back to this 24 hours in front of me and what am I going to do? And something I'm always reminding myself on, maximize the 24 hours that are in front of you. Maximize your impact on whatever you're working on in that moment. Because the fact of the matter is the past is gone. Unless you're going to learn from it, there's not much value there. The future and our goals and where we want to head, very important to have that. Very important to think about it and be in it and have it excite you and have it be a guiding light for where you're headed. But at the end of the day, the only thing we have is the present. And so what we do with each 24-hour chunk of time and the consistency in what we do is ultimately going to be the single determining factor of whether or not we achieve our objectives or not, whether we're successful and all of that. So always bring it back to the 24 hours because at the end of the day, there are some times when I'll just have some free time on my hand 
And I'll just ask myself, what can I do now? And one of the great lessons I learned, I honestly don't remember what book I read this in, but what I do every year and every quarter is I write down three key goals for myself, for the business I'm talking about. I also do three personal goals, but for the business every quarter and on an annual basis, three key goals. For each goal, I devote a full page to action steps, which are what steps do I need to take on a daily or weekly basis to make this goal a reality. So whenever I find myself staring out the window or not having something to do, I go to that list. What are my goals? I turn to the action steps, the page that's assigned to each goal, and I see something. And it immediately directs me to have something to do to achieve that goal. That's what I mean by maximizing the 24. It's the consistency of doing that. That's what counts. That really is the secret. It's not the big goal. It's not the massive amount of inspiration. It's the daily grind and the daily attention to it. So maximize that 24. Another habit, be open-minded. I was reading, I wish I could remember what book this was in. I believe it was the book Selling the Invisible by Harry Beckwith, which is an incredible book. I highly recommend to anybody in a service business. I believe it was in this book, but even if it wasn't, That's a great book that I learned a lot from. But this one very successful executive carried around a card in his pocket that said, maybe they're right. Very powerful. Doesn't mean be indecisive. Doesn't mean doubt yourself. It means be open-minded. Be willing to listen to people. One of the things that I think I've done well here is everybody on my team feels very comfortable offering a contrary opinion to me. Ultimately, if it's something where I have to make the decision, then I'm going to make the decision. That's my responsibility. But before I make a decision, you better believe I want to have all the information given to me. So our accounts receivable manager, for example, is phenomenal. And often I will have a decision and I'll say, okay, let's do this, Christine. And she'll say, well, I hear what you're saying, but here's what I think we should do. I think we should do this first. And I would say 95 times out of 100 maybe 99 times out of 100, I'll say, okay, let's do that. And at least nine times out of 10, she's right. Stanley McChrystal, the general, wrote a book on leadership. And one of the lessons he learned is that if you give the people that you're working with on your team the ability to be the one to come up with the path, even if it's not the one you think of, and maybe it's not even the absolute best one, but because they came up with it, they will be invested in it And there's a higher probability it will succeed. At the very least, you have to be open-minded. And I would really encourage people to create a dynamic with your team where people feel very comfortable offering a contrary opinion. There have been times where people offer me when I say, I appreciate what you're saying. I've listened to it. I've decided I want to go in this direction. And then I get the full support. You don't want a team where people are just like, oh, I'm not going to say anything to him because he's going to say something condescending or dismiss it, or he doesn't listen. That doesn't help you at all. That hurts you. Makes the people that are working with you feel disempowered, and it deprives you of information that could be essential. So be open-minded in all circumstances, and for sure, create a dynamic with the people that you're working with where people feel they have the permission to offer a contrary opinion. And then think about it. Because I can't tell you how much difficulty I avoided by listening to people on my team and going with their decision instead of mine after thinking about it. Very, very important, okay? And then the final thing is, and this is a habit, keep your attention on your team. If you have a business with more than one person, and that person is you, if you have people that are not you working in your organization, 
their mindset, their energy, their focus, their commitment is going to have a direct impact on the success of your business. And so it's very important when you're interacting with the people on your team that you be attentive to what's going on with them. And that's just something you develop over time. You want to be attentive because if you're attentive, you'll sometimes catch something. Or if somebody is not happy about something or somebody is concerned about something and they're not just telling you because maybe they're in the world, you can say, hey, John, I noticed you had a little issue with that. Is there something I'm missing? Or, hey, Melissa, I noticed that you were a little bit short with that customer. Is there something going on with that situation? What's going on? If you're attentive to your team and people know that, they're going to know that you genuinely care about them and the business. Because believe it or not, the people that you have on your team, they care about the business too. And they want a leader that cares at least as much as they do. And they also want somebody that cares about them and respects them. So if you walk around all day just thinking about yourself and everybody is just part of your whole world, not good. You want to get in the habit of being attentive to the people around you. That way you will pick up some things, start asking questions, learn something that can take your business in a whole other direction, positive direction. Very important. So those are my thoughts on this subject. And I'm really glad that I shared this because it got me thinking. And I would very much love to hear what you guys think. If there's any additional tips or tools or strategies that you have in terms of getting yourself mentally primed for business, any books you could recommend, anything on this subject that gets you thinking, I would love to hear your views on it. So please email me at steven at wilcofoods.com or you can DM me at wilcofoods on Instagram. And most importantly, everybody, have an awesome, awesome day. Thank you for listening to The Profitable Table, fed by Woolco Foods. Please be sure to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. And to learn more about Woolco Foods or Stephen Toberoff, please visit us at woolcofoods.net.